Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, March 31st, and we start with local news. The mules have arrived in Columbia, signaling the official start of this year's Mule Day festivities. Several riders, drivers, campers, and vendors began to show up in anticipation for Columbia's biggest week, with crowds of spectators showing up Wednesday to watch the Mule Day wagon train make its way down Hampshire Pike and into Murray County Park. Mule Day's traditions date back nearly 200 years, when Columbia was known as the top mule trading post in the world. The festival was later revived in 1974 after taking several years off due to World War II. Though Thursday marked the start of this year's events and competitions, Murray County Park was abuzz with activity on Wednesday, from campers setting up their sites for the week to organizers making any of the necessary final touches. Mule Day's first few days are also marked with the opportunity for visitors new and old to reunite, share stories of Mule Day's past and what it is they are looking forward to this year. It is also a time for some of Mule Day's original founders of the festival's 1974 revival to reflect on those early years and just how far Mule Day has come in nearly 50 years. The first year was very difficult because none of us really knew what we were doing. Harvey Spann, one of the original organizers, said, We had some good people to help, really energetic people that wanted to help. Anytime you start a new endeavor, there's going to be a learning phase, and that's what we all had to do, he said. Spann added that although Mule Day has experienced its shares of ups and downs over the years, this year returning for the second year since COVID-19 pandemic is very exciting, and he looks forward to seeing returning faces, catching up with old friends, and possibly making a few new ones. We've had some green years, some of which we're we're still working to recover financially from, Span said. What's great is that there is a family atmosphere with the people you meet at Mule Day. You won't see them for a year, and so it's always nice to see them again, like visiting with family you haven't seen in a long time, he said. Mule Day is also the type of event to attract visitors from all over the world, from places like Georgia, California, Alabama, and even other countries. John Coffer of Ohio said he has been bringing his family to Mule Day for 10 years. As someone who raises multiple mules, Coffer said coming to Mule Day is a celebration of how reliable and tough the animal is on the farm, but like many, he loves the atmosphere and seeing the people most. We have about 18 mules back at the house, and we do mule races, and I used to pull mules, Coffer said. I've quit pulling, but we still come down here to do everything. This is a great family-oriented thing, and we just love messing with the mules. It's why we keep coming back, he said. Other first arrivals spent the afternoon either on horseback or riding in old-fashioned covered wagons, getting the lay of the land with their animals, watching vendors and RVs set up their sites for the week, as well as wait in anticipation for the wagon train's arrival. Philip Brassfield of Linville, Tennessee, who has been coming to Mule Day for more than 30 years, led his two mules, Kate and Nail, through the park's grounds. Like most other Mule Day veterans, one of the big highlights is seeing old friends, saddling up the mules, and having a week of fun times and celebration. This is especially true when when he gets the chance to welcome friends to Mule Day for the first time. A lot of my friends come every year, and I've got a few friends that are coming here Thursday and Friday to ride, Brassfield said. That's basically what we do these days, and they've never been here before, but have heard of it. 
And as with most years, sometimes the biggest surprises lie in the weather, which can often be completely different from day to day or even hour to hour. Sometimes it'll be raining or too cold, and I hear there might be some flooding Friday evening that could roll over into Saturday, Brasfield said. I like for it to be pretty like today because that's when a lot of people like to go out and watch everything, he said. Weather has been a factor in planning this year. In anticipation of some storms coming through this evening, the Chris Jansen-Shane Prophet show at the Mule House backlot has been postponed from tonight to Sunday evening. Gates will now open at 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. Continuing our Mule Day coverage, our own Delk Kennedy went out to Murray County Park yesterday afternoon to see some of the activities and talk to some of the Mule Day revelers. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, Thursday afternoon, I am at the Murray County Park. I'm in the Skillington Livestock Barn. Mule Day is underway, folks. And I've got three uh, girls here who are enthralled by the biggest mule that I've ever seen in my life standing here in front of me. I'm speaking with my granddaughter, Ridley Kennedy, Cadence LaCrosse, and Hope LaCrosse. Hope, what do you think of that big mule? Uh, he's huge. Scary. Cadence, where are y'all from? Uh, Michigan, actually. Have you come all the way from Michigan to attend Mule Day? Yeah. Yeah, kind of? Kind of, yeah. We're on a trip. Have you been to Mule Day before? No. Cadence, what do you think? I think it's pretty cool. I like, they kind of look like horses in me. I like horses. They're really pretty. Are you going to stay for all three days, see the parade on Saturday? Um, We're actually going to Nashville. You're going to miss it. It's going to be a great parade. Okay. Now, Ridley, have you got anything to say? What do you think of that big mule? No comment. <laughs> All right. And who is this? Hattie Ann Pennington. Hattie Ann Pennington. How are you? Good. What do you think of this big mule back here? It's cool. <laughs> All good. What's your favorite thing about Mule Day? That there's a parade. There we go. Okay, folks. Um, this is Elk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. It's Thursday afternoon. I'm at the Skellington Livestock Barn. Mule Day is underway. I've been speaking with Cadence and Hope uh, LaCrosse, who've come all the way from Michigan to attend Mule Day, as well as my granddaughter, who had no comment, but Hattie Ann Pennington did. Hattie Ann, have a big time. Thank you. The fight for Tennessee counties to be able to levy impact fees on incoming developments failed to pass the House committee vote last week, dealing a crushing blow to Murray County taxpayers and the county commission. The bill would have allowed local county commissioners to decide how fees would be set up and used to pay for growth from developments moving to the county and increasing the need for more public services. The bill failed by a 5-3 to three vote in the Property and Planning Subcommittee after a proposed amendment that would have limited the impact to Murray and Rutherford counties also was defeated. During the committee's debate, Representative Rudd criticized Cullioca Representative Scott Sapicki, the bill's sponsor, for not informing the Rutherford County delegation he planned to introduce the bill. Known as the Property Taxpayer Protection Act, House Bill 1206 was heavily lobbied by residents and government officials in both Murray and Rutherford counties, which are two of the fastest-growing counties in the country. Schools and public infrastructure are struggling to keep up, officials said. We raised property taxes 31 cents last year, which really hurt some of the people in our county on fixed incomes and many of our farmers, Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt said. They're not the ones using the new schools, but are being forced to pay for them, she said. 
During the debate, Charles Curtis, a former state representative and now the executive director of the Tennessee County Commissioners Association, asked the committee to help fix a problem he helped create. In 2006, Curtis sponsored a bill that limited the ability of municipalities to increase impact fees via private acts of the legislature. I'm the one who carried the bill that created this fiasco, Curtis said. At that time, you could build a high school for 25 or $30 million. Today, it costs $100 million plus to build a high school. It's not adequate anymore, he said. A statement to Sam Stockard of the Tennessee Lookout from Share Powers, president of the Tennessee Realtors Association, essentially said the proposed wording of the bill is an incredible expansion of taxes on housing in the state and would hurt the dream of homeownership. Tennesseans are already experiencing hardships in finding affordable housing in today's market between higher interest rates and the increased price of building supplies. The statement reads, an addition of an impact fee or development tax will only compound the problem. Cities such as Spring Hill, however, have an impact fee associated with development, and it was among the 10 fastest growing cities in the country in 2021, according to the U.S. Census Bureau population estimates. Williamson County and several cities in Rutherford County also levy impact fees to help divert infrastructure costs, none of which have slowed growth. According to former County Budget Committee Chair Scott Sumners, there were 994 building permits issued during the first six months of 2022. Assume an average of a 2,500-square-foot home and a charge of $3 per square foot impact fee, the revenue generated is $7.5 million. I've seen firsthand the opportunities and challenges that the extreme growth in Murray County has created. It's no secret, but property taxes alone will not support the essential needs of a high-growth county like Murray County, Sumner said. The growth caught up with us in a big way last year. Murray Countyans are seeing the highest, largest property tax increase in recent history, he said. This latest setback is a massive one, as the bill passed the state Senate in 2022 but failed to pass the House. Failing to get out of committee likely killed the bill for this legislative session as well. It is a very disappointing day for the people of Murray County regarding this bill. District 8 Commissioner Gabe Howard wrote on his Facebook page, We are asking for the same tools that other Tennessee counties and cities already have, said Doug Luconin, Murray County's finance director. I hope they will reconsider the bill. Charles Schneider, CEO of Home Builders Association of Tennessee, stated he has some solutions to help raise revenue to help us out. My office is open and I'm all ears, Luconin said. Columbia State Community College recently hosted a career fair in the Webster Gymnasium for 8th graders in Murray County. Some students may know what they want to be, but many either have yet to think about it or have limited knowledge of what types of careers are available. Yolanda Ogilvie, Columbia State Enrollment Recruiter, said, Our goal was to expose students to different career options in a number of work fields, as well as the education and skills required for that career, she said. Columbia State hosted the event in partnership with Murray County Schools. Approximately 1,000 Murray County 8th grade students were in attendance. Students met with and discussed career options with over 30 professionals from a host of fields that included healthcare, law enforcement, business, hospitality, logistics, technology, and much more. Kiara Simmerly, a senior at Columbia Central High School, and James Webb, a junior, manned a table for DECA, a club preparing students for careers in marketing. Today, we're here for the marketing program in DECA at Columbia Central High School, said Simmerly. I hope these students take away something that they're excited about for high school and even after high school to pursue in their life, she said. This event shows the students what to expect in high school, different programs, and different colleges, said Webb. 
It's always good to have an open mind because they may not know what they want to do. Having the best options in front of you is the best way to go about planning for your future, he said. Students also had the opportunity to have interactive conversations with representatives from different career fields, as well as discover education and skills that are required. The City of Columbia will begin a downtown tree replacement project on Monday, April 3rd to remove and replace 58 trees within the downtown area. After a thorough bid process, Tree Works was awarded the contract to complete the work. The City of Columbia is committed to maintaining a vibrant, healthy tree canopy in the city, and this project will help to achieve that goal. I'm excited to see the implementation of the tree replacement project in the downtown district, stated Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. This project has been a long time coming and is the result of collaboration and communication with interested partners. Another example of moving forward with input from our residents and solving an issue that has become more pressing over the last few years while maintaining the beauty and integrity of our historic downtown, he said. The City of Columbia Public Works Department will be first on the scene to remove the existing trees each day during the morning hours, working in small sections. Tree Works will follow Public Works, planting the new trees. Pedestrian and vehicular traffic will remain open during the work process, but parking areas will be temporarily blocked in the sections where work is taking place. Work will begin on West 7th Street, moving east to the public square, continuing down South Main Street and back to the public square again. Work will continue around the public square to North Main Street and back, ending on the northwest quadrant of the public square. A mix of three urban-tolerant species of trees will be planted. These trees are well-suited to the urban environment and will provide shade, beauty, and environmental benefits. The dedication plaques that are currently in place beside some of the existing trees will be secured in their same place with the newly planted trees. The replacement project is estimated to be completed in seven to nine days. The City of Columbia would like to thank the residents and downtown businesses for their patience and understanding during this project. The new trees will be a beautiful addition to downtown and will provide many benefits for years to come. If you have questions, you can email development at columbiatn.com. Murray County Public Schools invites area industries and businesses to their Senior Salute Day and Strive to Drive giveaway on Thursday, April 20th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Columbia Central High School football stadium at Murray County Park. During this event, one lucky senior senior will win a 2023 Jeep Compass from Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. In addition to the Jeep Compass giveaway, this event will showcase seniors from every Murray County Public School high school and allow area businesses to meet over 800 students and share with them what your business has to offer. If you are interested in participating in the Senior Salute Day Career Fair event, you can email askmcps at murrayk12.org. Columbia State Community College is excited to announce summer camps at each of its campuses for 2023. The Columbia campus is hosting a 3D printing makerspace camp. This is a five-day camp designed to help students learn how to design and manufacture a product in addition to learning about marketing and selling a product. At the end of the camp, students will make a presentation to showcase their experience. Students do not need to have knowledge of AutoCAD or web design, but do need to feel comfortable using computers. During this camp, students will have fun while learning to work as a team. Also hosted by the Columbia campus is the Music from Around the World Acquire Extravaganza Camp. In this four-day camp, students will experience drumming, comprehend new piano skills, enjoy music games, and take part in choral singing, all while learning 
music from around the world. The Clifton and Lawrence campuses are hosting a Charger Science Camp. Students will participate in a week of science exploration. Each day, they will explore a different field of science with hands-on learning and fun. Activities to explore include orienteering, ecology, dissection, ubiquity, fermentation, microscopy, forensics, physiology, body systems, as well as wildlife, animal science, life science, and soil science. The Williamson and Lawrence campuses are hosting a Raspberry Pi Maker Space Camp. Campers will learn basics for code in Python and use LED lights, buttons, sensors, and motors to complete exciting projects. Students do not need prior coding experience. This camp is designed for beginners, and Columbia State will provide all of the necessary instruction and support. Over the course of the camp, campers will work in groups to learn basic skills and practices with the Raspberry Pi. The groups will then be tasked with building a project for showcase by the end of the camp. Students will learn valuable coding and circuit skills while having fun. The Lewisburg and Williamson campuses are hosting a BattleBots Robotics Camp. This is a a four-and-a-half-day youth robotic camp for middle school students. The primary goal is to promote excitement for science, technology, engineering, and math. Goals of the camp are learning concepts of programming, engineering practices, and teamwork. Lego Mindstorm's EV3 education kits and program development environment will be used for hands-on building and programming activities. Participants will build several robots during the camp, modifying and programming one for a BattleBot competition. The first four days will be allocated to learning basic Lego robot build techniques and programming commands for movement, turning, sensing, and decision-making, along with combining the commands into sequences for solving problems. For the fifth day, participants will run a robot of their own design and build in the competition. Parents are encouraged to attend the competition on the final day. Also hosted by the Williamson campus is a From Script to Screen camp. This three-week conservatory camp will provide students with hands-on experience with professional film and video production equipment and processes. Topics will include include pre-production process, such as writing and planning, the production process, which is grip and electric, lighting, camera operations, sound, and post-production, like media management, editing, color grading, and delivery. In addition, the camp participants will produce film and edit a 10-minute documentary on the first feature film to be produced in Tennessee. This year, the 100th anniversary of the first feature made it in Tennessee, The Human Mill, which was filmed in Franklin. The camp will produce a documentary on the film, which will be shown at the Tennessee International Indie Film Festival in August of 2023. For more information and to sign up for any of these camps, visit www.campusce.net forward slash Columbia State to learn more. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have showers early, followed by scattered thunderstorms developing during the afternoon hours. The high will reach 77 degrees today with winds out of the south at 15 to 25 miles per hour. The chance of rain, 40%. Higher wind gusts are possible. Tonight, we can expect more thunderstorms. Some could be strong with damaging wind and hail possible. The low will be 57 degrees with winds out of the southwest at 15 to 25 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%. For your Mule Day weekend forecast, we are going to have beautiful weather with mostly sunny skies and highs in the high 60s. Saturday night's low will be about 36 degrees. Sunday night will get down to about 50 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well, but we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello friends, this is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. The mules are back in town, and you know what that means? The annual Mule Day Auctioneers Championship hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary is back. This is a real live auction with each auctioneer bringing their own unique auction chant to get top dollar from the bidders. 
The 2023 Mule Day Auctioneers Contest will be held at the United Producers Livestock Barn in Columbia, Friday, March 31st at 12 noon. Admission and parking are free. The Columbia Breakfast Rotary partners with the Columbia American Legion Post 19, benefiting the Legion and veterans of Murray County, and the MDAC funds the Columbia Breakfast Rotary's College Scholarship Program, which awards five scholarships to Murray County students each year, as well as one recurring scholarship. So it's not only fun, it's for a good cause. That's Friday, March 31st at noon. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. On the heels of a mass shooting at a Nashville private school, Senate Judiciary Chairman Todd Gardenhire said Wednesday that gun-related bills will not be taken up during the rest of this legislative session. Gardenhire called Governor Bill Lee's words appropriate in the wake of the shooting and noted he is embarrassed that some lawmakers are trying to make the Covenant school incident a political issue and take advantage of a complete tragedy, he said. The Chattanooga Republican explained that lawmakers don't know the shooter's motive or whether a hate crime is involved. We will not hear any gun bills, anything related to gun bills this year. If they want to take them up next year, that'll be fine, Gardenhire said. This committee is not going to be turned into a circus by people with other agendas. The agenda on the table now is respecting the privacy of the victims' families that were gunned down and let that healing process start, he said. Governor Lee released a video statement Tuesday saying one of the victims, Cindy Peak, was a friend of his wife, Maria, and was supposed to have dinner with her after filling in as a substitute at Covenant. He noted school director Catherine Kuntz was also a longtime friend but Lee shied away from calling for legislative action. We are enduring a very difficult moment. I understand there is pain. I understand the desperation to not have answers, to place blame, to argue about a solution that could prevent this horrible tragedy, Lee said. There will come a time to ask how a person could do this. There will come a time to discuss and debate policy, he said. The shooting event is catching the world's attention, including that of Pope Francis, who issued a statement of condolence for the victims and families affected by the senseless act of violence. But even as Democrats clamor for policy change in the wake of the shooting, with the clock running out in the first year of the 113th General Assembly, no new policy matters dealing with the school shooting are likely to be considered. The Senate Judiciary Committee, which already passed legislation to lower the gun carry age to 18 in Tennessee, will hold its final meeting next week, Gardenhire said. He noted Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti reached an agreement with a California group to drop the age from 18 to 18 from 21 after determining he couldn't defend the state in court. An East Tennessee U.S. District Court judge signed the order Monday, the same day three students and three staff members at the Covenant School were gunned down. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Mule Day has officially begun, and this week's major highlight will, of course, be the return of the widely popular and celebrated Mule Day Parade. This year's parade, which kicks off at 11 a.m., will once again take the traditional route along West 7th Street, led by this year's Grand Marshal, Mike Wolfe. A concert at David and Lori Phelps Historic Barn is always a wonderful occasion. It will be taking place at 6.30 uh, uh, on Saturday. The Dove Award-winning singer will present a concert celebrating Americana. Tickets range from $55 to $95 and are available at www.davidphelps.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and happy Mule Day, y'all.